is Everything's Messy Podcast. Okay, here we are, another episode. So excited to be here. Uh, If you have a story, a mess that you would like to share, or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please send me an email, everythingsmessy at gmail.com. You can also shoot me a message. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and X, which was Twitter, all at Everything's Messy. So please, I love the engagement. I love the feedback. I love, you know, hearing about people's messes, the strength, how they've come out of it. Um, It's been very, very just fulfilling for me, and I hope that you're getting something out of this as well. You know, and as we talk about the mess, of course, my episode last week, which I got a lot of great feedback about, I did really want to say very quickly, you know, this was not the first time that this has ever happened to us, and nor will it be the last time. I'm very well, you know, I understand that. It was just something that I felt I needed to share, and I appreciate everybody listening. Um, I'm sure you all have had something like that in some rare, you know, form for you that is, you know, personal to you. I just wanted to share what happened to me. And again, I appreciate all the kindness that I received for it. And, you know, there's just so much going on in the world. I really feel like, you know, as a whole, we can do better. And those of you who are doing better, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Really quick before we get to today's episode, I have a kind of a funny story. So as you know, I'm full carnivore. I love the carnivore diet. I love the way it makes me feel. I'm still having uh, some plateau issues with my weight, but I feel like um, I need to just increase the exercise. That's a story for a different day. But I have to say, so I have this cookbook. It's called The Carnivore Code from Dr. Paul Saladino. Okay, I get no royalties from this. Uh, I love all of the recipes in this book. I've made probably 80% of them. Uh, so one of the recipes is a bu- uh, a recipe that calls for bread, but it's carnivore bread. It's made with eggs and pork rinds and uh, some baking powder. And that's it. And I was so excited. And I do not eat bread. I have a gluten sensitivity. So to find something that was going to be a carnivore bread, I was kind of excited. High hopes. Um, you know, something that calls for a dozen eggs should probably be my first warning. Uh, it, you had to whip these eggs into the egg whites, separate it, and then uh, whip the egg whites into really, really high, stiff peaks. Uh, I think I did fairly well, but uh, uh, adding the pork rinds was a bit interesting. And then uh, when it came out, and I'll post the picture, uh, it looked really good, actually. It looked very good. looked like a loaf of bread, uh, a little orange probably from the pork rinds, but it, it looked pretty good. Um, it did not taste good it tasted very salty and for me to say it was salty that says a lot because I love salt um so I will post the picture I will even post the recipe if you guys would like to take a crack at it maybe you have some tips or hints or better things to do I'd love to hear about it Uh, or if you have other recipes for that kind of you know no carb all you know protein type of bread I'd love to uh, try that as well So I just wanted to share because it was just kind of funny. I was so excited. I took a great big bite and it was just, it was, I don't want to say it was unedible. It just, I wasn't expecting all the salt, but it was actually pretty spongy. So I do think I was successful on the eggs being whipped to their um, stiff peaks. But other than that, I I don't know that I would go back and try it again. Plus, like I said, it called for a dozen eggs. So in these times, that is a lot of money and a lot of, uh, 
eggs that you know I don't want to spend all in one dish. So aside from that, we have an excellent show for you today. Uh, her name is Jackie Day Godbu. She is just a just such an inspiration. She has such a great story. I'm so glad she wanted to come on the show with us. Uh, she just talks about all the feels and all the mess and well how she found her strength through it and just really really great I hope you get something out of it Uh, I know we had a fun time doing it so please again if you want to shoot me an email or any comments uh, please do so and without further ado here is Jackie Day Godbook all right well welcome hi Jackie welcome to everything's messy podcast thank you so much for joining us how are Thank you, Sarah? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I'm so Thank you thankful. For inviting me. Yeah, I'm so thankful that you wanted to come on and do this. So uh, let's jump right in uh, and go towards kind of what you wanted to talk about today, which was um, being a business owner as a woman and being an entrepreneur. And tell us how you kind of got started in all of that. Yeah, so I have a nice big story for everybody. I hope that in, in what we're about to talk, you can find me relatable and um, you can also, it helps you in some way because that's what we're here for. And sometimes we tune into these podcasts with something inspirational that we want to hear something inspirational or we want to, you know, bounce off ideas off of somebody else who's been there, quote unquote. So um, yeah, I, so the topic of today being a woman, a businesswoman, in my situation, I was a serial, uh, I would say serial businesswoman. I don't want to say entrepreneur, although I have that entrepreneur spirit in me. Um, I would say business owner because I had to come from the ashes to really build a business to sustain my family um, at a very young age. And so a little bit about me back when I was a teen, almost an adult, but not quite there yet, <laughs> I started dating a boyfriend and he was my high school sweetheart. And long story short, we were really, really young, fell in love, super young, and we decided to have a family now. He and I both came from broken relation, uh, sorry, broken families. So our broken family dynamic, unfortunately, from our past and our parents kind of spilled over into our relationship. And um, pretty soon after our second baby boy or second child, I should say, because the first one is a girl, um, we had to divorce because Mm. of all of these issues that spilled over into our relationship I'm so sorry yeah you know but you know looking back I know that these experiences are hard this one was one of the toughest ones for me of my entire life obviously I had I was married to this love of my life now I had two kids and I had to see myself divorcing the love of my life which was you know the love of my life back then and I thought it was possibly something I was never going to overcome. And I, sh- I almost didn't. Wow. <laughs> so yes, in that regard, I feel like back then I would have completely started to cry if anyone would have said, I'm so sorry, because it was such a sore topic. And 
even sometimes today I'll still think about it and think about what it could have been, right? Mm-hmm. What so you're, you're mourning, you're mourning what it, you know, what it might have been, and having to deal with kind of letting go and moving on, right? That can't be easy. It wasn't easy, and I was also someone who, at the time, was so young. So I almost felt like he was my partner in crime when I was an adolescent. He was my best friend. I was losing someone very close to me that was was very much also like had a lot of what I had gone through. He went through the same. So it was it was hard in that regard. I I didn't see myself without him. And when divorce happened, it, I initiated it. It just happened to be the best decision only because I feel like when my parents stayed together after being in a lot of toxic stuff, they hurt us hmm. um, as kids as a result, you know, Definitely. like, yeah, yeah. It was a mess. Know? It leaves a mess. It's a messy, messy, messy situation. And I also feel like when I went through all of that with my parents, I, I, I didn't want to do the same for my children. And I promised myself at a very young age, I wasn't even going to marry because of it. I mean, that's how traumatizing it was. So I thought, you know, I'm, I will be damned if I stay in this relationship and give that to my kids because at the end of at the end of it I'm gonna end up hating their father and they're gonna end up not liking me for hating their father and it's just a cycle yeah. it's a never-ending cycle that's well, just and that, my- yeah and that takes courage that takes courage in order to see that it takes courage to you know be able to be the one to initiate it that takes a lot of courage so that's it's a very sad situation. So using your words, out of the ashes came what? Out of the ashes came this, I want to say my inner child screaming, don't you dare stay with him. And you better excel. And you better give your children what you didn't have. Right? Screaming. Screaming and, and at the top of her lungs was this 13-year-old super hurt a rebellious girl, um, making sure that I was accountable. So with that being said, I rose out of the ashes to becoming uh, a force to be reckoned with. um, And I made it my business to make sure that I got my kids to where they needed to be in life, me where I needed to be in life, make sure I I made my, I, I got those goals down on a piece of paper and said, I don't know how you're going to do this. You don't have money. You don't have the support because backstory on that, my family was unfortunately not very supportive about me leaving my relationship. I can actually and, relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, here I am completely with all the reasons to leave the relationship. Um, they did not support that. And I understand I, you know, looking back, I get as to why, I mean, there was a, a 13 rebellious, 13 year old rebellious little girl that they knew. And they thought this 
crazy girl is gonna be raising by herself two kids at you know very young age oh oh no oh no 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 so we're not we're not supporting this so and, already they had put doubt that you couldn't do it oh, on yeah. your own they had put they put that doubt had no confidence in that that can never um feel good at all so what was your first sort of endeavor that you dove into and where did that go yeah so here i was um a student in college um didn't have the funds to open a business or anything like that and i thought put my thinking cap on and um at the time i worked this is going to give out away my age actually i worked in sears portrait studio back in (laughs) no that's great yeah no i know it well that's great uh really quick though uh back up for me just a second and so um how old were you when you got married 16 16 okay and then how old were you when you asked for the divorce 22 22 so in college at 22 by the by by 22 you have two children yes okay so this is I mean, I, what is it? I think at 23 is when the frontal lobe fuses. So you're still before (laughs) that. Right. So you're, you have a lot on your plate at this time, right? That's, that's extremely commendable. So from there you're in college, you have no money. And so then what transpires? Yeah. So then I'm in the Sears portrait studio. And as you know, a lot of families want their family portrait. And so I was, I started to get exposed to children. Mm. and families and all kinds of beautiful dynamics I mean when you take a a portrait of a family you see the entire thing that goes with it the mom's breastfeeding the child so they can stay to get put put together so they're not crying or they're bottle feeding or they're you know it's a mess (laughs) it's a mess in the studio so I fell in love with that dynamic and really Yes. Like the chaos of it all? The chaos of it all was my heaven. Wow. And so what did you do with that? So I thought to myself back in the day, guys, for I don't know if you guys are who whoever's not old enough to know this. There was something called white and yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe this. It's so funny. Um, and I went and I said, you know what? I wanna. I want to be a childcare provider. That's what I want. I want to be around kids and families. And I went into my white and yellow pages and I looked up companies for nanny referral services. And I, and and by the way, a lot of, uh, I don't know how it works. uh, You know, if, if people get their nannies or care providers, on on other platforms but for agents agencies you you're basically an independent contractor okay so you don't have an employment unless the family employees uh employs you through through whatever so um back in that time it was an independent contracting position for becoming a child care provider so you have to go through all the training you have to get cpa first aid certified um and how old are your kids at this point today you're no your own kids at this point oh. as you're doing your first endeavor my, okay so my child at the time was so I had to I had to tell you this only to tell you the other thing so Sears portrait studio happened when my first was not even a year old 
So I did actually just, just as a back, backstory, uh, I worked for Sears Portrait Studio for, uh, I don't know, close to a year, maybe not too, not too much. And then, um, and then I, I went into another office position, which was not my jam. And so all of that kind of transpired before, um, the divorce. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So by then, um, by, by when the time that the divorce happened, I was already, um, delving into like getting, you know, certified and like going in and getting experience and all of that. And I thought, and, and I actually did be, st- start becoming something they called an on-call nanny. Oh, wow. And yeah, so that was kind of my first, if we want to call it independent contracting, basically posi- like the, the career of a childcare provider. So I wasn't quite a business owner yet. But working so, for yourself, like you had to go out there myself. and sell yourself basically to say, hey, I'm a nanny, I'm available, which uh, family wants me type thing, right? That's kind of how it works. Exactly. Okay. So your services and all of that. And I was trying to get experience. So by the time the divorce actually happened, I had to make a decision as to whether I wanted to stay in doing childcare and all of this, or whether I wanted to put a daycare. And that's what ended up happening after the divorce, because it wasn't paying the bills. Gotcha. I had to, re- I really had to get my gears going and figure out how I was going to maintain a family without a husband. Right. Right. Okay. So I said, okay. Um, the good part about all of this was that I had a family that helped support my mother at the, I'm not going to say family. I'm going to say my mother. I'm going to give okay. all the credit to my mother. Oh. My mother was very, and my sister at the time were, were both very, very supportive. I had a family that would help me with babysitting things like this, but, um, really the, the financial portion was my mother and she didn't have a whole lot of money, but whatever she could give us, she did. And so she helped me, um, with financials of a new, uh, business. And again, it was not a lot. It was enough for licensing fees. It was enough for going and uh, figuring out what I needed for, for this, the, you know, the inspection to go through, because you need to do all of that stuff. And, and I was doing it out of my apartment in California. So all that to say, that was my very first venture. It was my, my daycare of infant babies. And how did the embracing the chaos how did that work? Did you like completely dive in and it was great? Did you get tired of it after a while? Is it, you know, I'm sure it's more challenging than, than we can think about just, I mean, dealing with my own children. (laughs) I can't imagine having a daycare at other people's children. Yeah. You know, it's all going back to the fact that I feel, I don't know if this will be relatable to anybody. I lived in chaos my entire life Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to see it, you become comfortable with the chaos. You kind of thrive in the chaos. You thrive in the chaos. Yeah. Okay. Or you adapt, you know, today I can't tell you the same. I'm not a chaos kind of person. I don't like it. (laughs) I'll still, I'll still find my way through it. But back in that time, I think all of that, again, that, that chaotic adolescence, chaotic childhood, chaotic family dynamic, then post post all of that into my marriage chaos in the marriage chaos after the marriage 
really prepped me for the real chaos, which was after the marriage. I, you never think it, that it's going to be that, that, it, that insane. I'll use that word, that insane. Sure. But it's so insane. It was for me at least. Yeah. And, um, and because I, I was able to accept because of conditioning, maybe I was able to accept the chaos earlier. Some people don't accept the chaos. That's, I think where the caveat is, is like, I think like if you are going to resist a lot and you're consistently resisting to embrace the chaos, I think that's where you get stuck. You're going to have a harder time for sure. You're going to have a harder, going to have a harder time accepting, like you said, or adapting and overcoming. That's a process though. That's really hard, especially, um, people that maybe have not thrived in chaos, chaotic situations, but, um, if, if they can get to a point where, you know, adapting and overcoming and not being so resistant, uh, otherwise it's going to be a tough time for sure. It is. So I, I guess if I can speak up on the chaos a little bit, it's really getting to get your you want to get your brain to stop thinking of the little stuff the spilled milk I call it and I think that's what that was the the main reason why I was able to adapt to the chaos is that oh spilled milk oh it's gonna stink oh well I'm gonna clean it up as best as I can move on so that's sort of pushing forward and keeping your eye on the bigger picture right so what did your bigger picture look like what what was your at this point you know, are you looking at other endeavors? Are you seeing other things? Or is it just, you know, I just got to get to next month? Like, what what are you feeling at this point? Very, very good question. Very good point. I think you do have to have your eye on the prize. 100%. My eye on the prize meant that I could not and could literally could not afford to sway my focus away from keeping a roof over our heads and food on the table. And I could not bear the idea and thought uh, and the guilt that that would bring to further the chaos if my children did not have everything they needed. Sure. Yeah, that mom, granted, that mom guilt is a game changer, I'll tell you. I tell you. <laughs> I think that with that strength that mamas have, we can move mountains. If we didn't have that. 100%. 100%, right? Yeah. I I just really believe that my children have been my, the reason my whole world changed for better because my, now I wasn't giving to myself, I was giving to them. Sure. So when you shift your focus to give to your children rather than yourself, that is the game changer. What do they deserve? The freaking universe. Are you right. kidding? Right. So now it's going to depend on you and you better wake up at six in the morning, five in the morning and go to sleep at 11 because whatever that it takes. is whatever it takes. And that's what I did. And the prize there was, you know, take it one day at a time, because the thing is, if I could, if I was able to successfully feed my kids one more day, go to sleep and be in a safe environment all at the same time that's a win and wake up the next day and successfully bring my kids to school on time I guess you got to take it one day at a time you, yeah. that is that was how I measured success I measured success not with fancy clothes not with an organized closet not with a clean house 
I measured success with the fact that my kids had a smile on their face, felt loved at the end of the day, and there was food and a roof over their heads, food on the table and roof over their heads. So that was my eye on the prize every day for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Putting one foot in front of the other. Right. That's right. Keep going. So after that, I did, I did the whole daycare thing. And then I said to myself, OMG, there was a 2008, nine market crash. I don't know if y'all remember that. (laughs) Yes, very well. (laughs) And everybody was a headless chicken was running like headless chickens all over the place and zombies. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh, what a time. And I decided, and of course I freaked out in my own way. And I was like, okay, you know what? You don't have, you didn't finish college because you had to put food on the table and roof over your kid's head. So you got, you got to figure that out. And so with all the challenges I already had in my, you know, day and all the things I said, I can't afford. I always felt like I I said to myself, I can't afford to not do the thing, whatever the thing was. Right. And I said, I wasn't even, you know, I was actually in a really okay financial position by this point because the daycare was doing well. And, but, but anyways, that market crash kind of, kind of did uh, the daycare did suffer a little bit about on on that front. But when the daycare uh, services um, kind of declined, I took that as a kind of like a sign, like maybe I need to go back to school. And a lot of people actually did that. I think that was a good time for people to go back to school. kind of like the pandemic. Everybody yeah, was, they had to definitely shift focus for sure. Yeah. To shift your focus. So I went back to school and boy, I tell you, I don't know if that was a good or bad thing at this point. I still can't gauge it (laughs) because, (laughs) because going back to school, I think was even tougher than putting up a business or going into business for my own self. Um, Well, sure. You have to front the money before you get any sort of return on your investment, right? So you have to get it out there and then hope that you're going to get some sort of return. And that's, that's got to be hard, especially when you're dealing with next to nothing to put that out there. Um, So what did you go back to school for? So I went to school for human services and it was basically uh, trying for helping people nonprofit organizations, uh, grant writing, all of this stuff that I thought I could make a difference in, 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 in people's lives with like minor in counseling and admin. But again, I'm not sure that was the correct decision. So going back to business um, and serial business uh, ventures that I took upon myself, I understood from a very young age backstory both of my parents were business owners they didn't work for anybody my grandmother was her own little business owner and entrepreneur herself and um I will I want to say maybe a couple of my grandmothers but I wasn't that close with the with my paternal grandmother but my maternal grandmother businesswoman all the way so I had this back uh end of beautiful amazing models, let's just say, of how being a businesswoman was and and I could see how they supported their families, made a difference in their children's lives by implementing amazing habits and um, useful habits even with money, finances, all this good stuff. 
and I don't I I took it for granted back then don't anymore that's kind of the other reason why I was able to always have this business mindset business mindset like I wasn't afraid of not having a a paycheck by the end of the week because I would hustle hustle and hustle right hustle and bustle take the take the the job even if you know unfortunately you didn't spend time with your family or take the extra shift on Saturday or or opening I won't say shift because it again it wasn't a, a company or network 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 you know word of mouth uh, marketing and at the same time I was giving I was getting trained also by consistent waves of MLM companies that were trying to recruit you for selling their products believe it or not I'm actually wanting to talk about this topic personally for me on on my own show is that I got so much from these MLMs I you know the training a lot of people talk of all the negative stuff and there is absolutely a positive um outcome for something like that because for first and foremost it's free training people don't even realize that that when you go to these trainings yes they can be really boring and very you know oorah and like all you know salesy and stuff but you all actually start knowing what not to do and so is it like specific training and marketing or is it just how to sell a product uh all of these all of products? it okay all of it how to network how to find the next person to recruit what not to do because you don't want to be too salesy, how to approach people, how to be approachable, how to talk, how to, how to speak, how to dress. I mean, these things are so invaluable. I don't think that, again, we don't talk about those aspects of, of all of, uh, of all of those, um, you know, things that come with MLMs. We, we unfortunately see them for the negative stuff, but I took that and ran. I really did. I was a student of every company that I was recruited into and I won't mention them, but you know, <laughs> I won't mention that they have, you know, I have a lot of other things to say. I'm sure you guys do too, but, um, about them too. But like, I, I was a student my entire twenties for, for a lot of reasons. And so I took all of those skills and I applied them on my own stuff, like being an independent contractor, being an organizer for families, being a family's assistant, being, you know, opening up my daycare, admin stuff. Now I went to college. I learned more admin stuff. I, lear I learned how to, again, uh, speak finances because you have to learn all of that stuff. Um, and then you graduate. And now what? And well, if you're not hireable because the economy is going to crap. Well, now you have to figure out something else and network marketing actually allowed me and trained me for that. So that was so insane because I was like, okay, get your butt up. Got to start making calls. You got to start connecting with people. You got to start making connections. It was just, again, so throwing yourself out there, even when you knew that might not work, it just. That's so brave. Awful. That's really brave. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, I think that when, again, it is all dependent on where your focus is. If your focus is like I have it now, because as you get older, you don't get better, unfortunately. And not in my experience. <laughs> oh, that's not true. That's not true. 
And in some ways you do get better. Absolutely. But in, in, in the anxieties and like in some of your inner stuff that you really haven't dealt with, I think it creeps up. It finds you. It creeps up, right? It it finds finds you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, one way or another, it comes out one way or another, you have to deal with it. So that I can understand that you can understand good because I'll tell you right now, I'm dealing with some insecurities I didn't even know I had and they're all stemming I always have them and do you think that comes with as we get older we tend to start to see the world sort of differently than maybe not so innocently and you know we grow up a little bit and we see things maybe um, that weren't so you know pie in the sky type thing so then that kind of it kind of gets heavy with ourselves and we kind of see the different things that are happening and where that leaves us what does that leave us with I I think maybe that's what you mean by getting older and sort of seeing those things. I do think that with, with our age comes a lot of wisdom, but also with wisdom, now you're open, opening your eyes to a new, a new world that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. And you're right about that. I think that now you see things you didn't see before and they're not always peachy keen, um insights on the world like it's not always this beautiful panoramic view with rainbows and sunshine well I'm not sure for how many of us that actually was ever the case but I think when we're younger we're very we're more immune to it perhaps like the dangers or the risks or the things that are out there and then I think as we become parents and moms the worry of what their life looks like you know, our children's life is, is sort of heavy on us because we want to protect them from what we know is not rainbows and sunshine and things like that. At least that's my uh, understanding of it. You know, I didn't grow up in rainbows and sunshines, but I know that when I was younger and, and in the time that I'm telling you all of this transpired in my twenties, I still had a dream and I still was a dreamer. And I think that when you have that vision, that's where the sunshine and butterflies and rainbows come from. It's that's very your- well said. That's very well said. So hope, basically, hope, hope is what keeps pushing us, driving us. The hope for something hope. better, the for something different. Yeah, one hundred percent. And as you get older, I think hope and dreaming become more of a unfortunately it gets slapped out of you with experience and all of that <laughs> and reality <laughs> and reality hits, and you're just like oh wait a minute the roller coaster ride isn't so awesome after all yeah. <laughs> it's not very fun you Those can peaks actually and valleys aren't that yourself. fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was a big I was an avid roller coaster um amusement park uh thrill ride seeker so when it was in my, in my 20s and in my adolescence but I'll tell you I'm not doing that anymore <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah yeah I'll watch you from the grounded wave <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. okay so um so going back to sort of the business aspect of it and all of the challenges that you faced what um what are you um focused on now what are you trying to come out with now where does that take you now yeah, so after all of that roller coaster that I just took you guys through, at the end of it, um, my children grew older. They became adolescents. And as you may know, I'm not sure if you have, you're a mother of adolescents yet. Are you? 
I have 18, 13, and 11. <laughs> it gets better. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Sometimes I think my 18 is is the most problems. And then, of course, here comes my 13-year-old. And then my 11-year-old is just hanging on. <laughs> so let's <we'll> just see. <laughs> they usually hang on those last ones, you know? Yes, yes. Well, mine became 18 and 16 and all the teens and then, you know, older than that. And um, I saw myself having to look in the mirror more because I had time and I couldn't, I didn't have to take things day by day. Now I had, now I could actually look a month out and maybe a couple months out and say, wow, okay, I have all this life to live. Here we, here we go. And that was daunting. I had a lot of time on my hands to think about the last crazy 12, 10 to 10 to 15 years previous after the divorce and and during the divorce and all of that. And um, I had to really buckle down. I had made a couple moves on relationships that weren't so they weren't the best moves. Let's put it this way. Um, I was dating very toxic people and I needed to ask myself a very important question. Why? Why? That's so a hard question. That's hard to look at yourself. Self-reflection is, um, you know, can lead us down sometimes not a good path, but sometimes a needed path. Absolutely. And that's what happened. Um, going back to the business aspect of it all, I um, continued my business ventures all the way, but my person, I'll go back to the business. This is, it's, it's, I'm mentioning it for a reason. So hang in there. Sure. So I took a, a, a couple, you know, um, actually I went to therapy. I went to therapy and um, took the bull by the horns and said, we're going to figure this out or we're going to figure this out. Again, same mentality, like focus on the prize. You got to get out of this. Why are you doing this? And, and with all of that, still in business, still making money, but super unhappy, super unhappy. And un- un- I understood very quickly that if I kept my my habits and my relationships the way that I was I don't know choosing guys or allowing or enabling or being codependent however those you know things came out to light in my relationships I wasn't going to take my business and career to the next level it just wasn't going to happen it just wasn't going to happen and when I say this I mean this so much I was in the same place in my career for I want to say a good 10 years I mean that's a long time yeah to be in the same place, to not have another ten to $20,000 increment on your salary when you're your own boss. Like there's a lot there. Almost like something um, or someone was holding you back. Yeah. Myself, myself. Yeah. And I had to stop blaming other people. I was blaming everybody. Actually, my mom, my dad, my, you know, anybody, my ex, why did he have to be this way? I wouldn't have divorced him. Um, I had to stop doing that. And I think that once I stopped doing that is where the real shift happened. I had to tell myself, okay, it's me. I'm, I'm holding me back. I'm the one choosing. I'm the one that is making excuses as to why I'm not scaling up. I'm the one with the insecurities. Figure it out. And whatever that means to each person, everybody has their own dialogue when they look in the mirror and I think that was an actual shift in my 
future because I decided, made a decision so hard. This is the hardest decision of, I think, even after my marriage, breaking up, leaving him was tough. So tough. But I had to leave one more very toxic relationship I was super codependent with. And I think next to addiction, that was that's how hard that was wow. to leave that relationship. So when I made the decision to stop what I was doing and leave that relationship and know my worth and stop making excuses for the person and just all this mindset shift, it needs to be a shift within you. It can't come from anybody else telling you. You have to be ready for it or tired of the BS of every day. Like it That's has so to come from yeah. And when I decided to do that, I gave myself a break from dating, which I had never done, mind you, just the same way I did. I did serial uh, business uh, ventures. I unfortunately serially dated. My world was fast paced, fast paced, fast paced. And um, with that being said, I stopped dating and I did some work on myself for about six, seven months and then I considered my options again and I said and I manifested I literally I will never forget I'm leaving this apartment that I thought was just going to be my paradise and I and I worked so hard to get because back in that time I, my credit was suffering it was just a really hard time and I got my apartment I was so proud of myself and I bought a new car and um and I'll explain the credit thing was, it's, it's so irrelevant. But the thing about the credit is that after my divorce, I actually didn't work on my credit. I didn't have credit cards at all. Because, you know, I didn't, I, I, I worked on cash. So that's why my credit was just not there. Irrelevant information, but just a backstory on that. And basically, when I lost that apartment that I worked so hard to get <laughs> as a single person, and with my business and with my hard-earned money and all of this stuff in a really amazing neighborhood, I said, you know what? Screw it. That's fine. Let it go. You're going to let that toxic relationship go. You're going to let the apartment go. Shoot, if you have to sell the car, you're going to let that go too. You're going to let a lot of things go. That's wow. it. Done. Strip right? it down to basics. Strip it down to basics. And again, I found myself at square one. And I will never forget putting my intentions on a piece of paper. And I said, the next relationship will be a man who works as hard as me, a man who's honest the way that I am, loyal the way that I am, loves the way that I love, gives as much as I give, if not more. And he has to be taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> Always important. <laughs> it wasn't important before, but now I'm giving myself a new goal, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he appeared eight months after. So it's almost a lesson of when you start treating yourself better, when you start putting out things and, you know, out there, that is what you want to attract. Once you want to be like what you're mirroring, it almost bring, you know, you attract what you put out there, right? That's what, so when you got over some, you know, the codependence relationship and sort of the insecurities and you 
we're ready to see you. We're back at square one. Now this is what the second or third time. Now you're back at square one. And so really having that talk with yourself and deciding what are you willing to put up with? What are you not willing to put? Up? I think that's but the better question. What are you not willing to put up with? Right. 100%. And sometimes fear come, creeps in and says, well, if I don't put up with it, I'm going to, I'm going to lose this, or I'm going to not have that. Or, you know, fear is, is the major reason why we don't have these changes and why yeah. we don't push ourselves forward. Yeah. Lose the fear because like I go back saying, I can't afford to stay where I'm at. It just, if I stay here another year, again, I'm going to talk to you guys. I don't know how the, I get, I've always been, I don't know why I've always loved these seminars and like the boot camps and the courses. I've been a student my entire life. And again, I was in another financial, um, they, they were providing financial services and again, MLM marketing and um, network marketing, I should say. And they were asking me the question, like, you know, and they were talking about finances and that. And so that wasn't even the question, but I asked myself the question after they asked, like, do you want to be where you're at right now in, in five years or in a year, do you still want to be there? And I was like, heck no. Like, I'm just like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Enough is enough. I'm done. I have to, things need to change and yada, yada. So that I think was the question that came out of these again trainings sure and but I asked myself in my personal life um no I can't I can't keep doing this it's, yeah it's not it's not it kind of forced you to ask yourself right it kind of forced you into Absolutely. this you know what what are we doing you have to make a decision here right 100 percent, 100 percent, and and so then all that to say I met my entrepreneur husband on September 21st 2017 a uh, very special year for me. Um, six, seven, about eight months later. I want to say about six, seven. It's July. Okay, so no. Um, about nine months later, I he proposed. Oh. And I and backstory is I lived in California. He lived in Canada, East Coast Canada. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a long distance relationship. Yes, it is. But because I manifested this man. And when I said, literally, I want a man who works harder than I do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm lucky. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He owns three companies. He's always hustling and in Canada. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. It's just a lot. And um, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because you are one powerful person. When so did you, that take I, you to Canada? That took me to Canada. And here I am. And to continue the story about small business, um, I am now going to launch my first podcast. I have never done this in my entire life. I'm going to launch a hair product line that I invented in, in during the pandemic. I don't know how well that's going to go, but I believe in it because I've never had hair this long. I know the viewers can't see it. But let me just tell you, my hair is like down to my waist right now. That's wonderful. So it's so good. Um, so and talk of a little need... bit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Yes, go ahead. Talk. I was just going to ask, talk a little bit about what your podcast is going to be about. Yes. Yeah, so my podcast will be 
uh bt dubs podcast is the name of it and i'm going to concentrate on a podcast that showcases a bunch of series different types of series so my one of my series is called jackie of all trades so it's so convenient right now with yeah with our with our podcast um episode right now because jackie of all all trades is essentially how I feel. I feel like I've done so, I've worn so many caps and hats and, and done, been, been out there and just tried a little bit of everything. And um, I want to have my listeners um, come to our podcast and I say our, I'll tell you why in a minute, but um, I will have a co-host and um, my co-host is my Gen Z daughter. Oh, fun. She's the next generation of small business and independent contractors. <laughs> That's great. She works for herself in East Los Angeles or Los Angeles area in Southern California. So she's out here with us. Okay. Yes. Still a long commute for you. <laughs> Very long. Yeah. Very long. So we want to showcase basically, you know, have experts come on the show and tell us just how to get started on their new career hobby or interest or trade there's a lot of dying trades right now including like you know um i don't know seamster or um which is so repair just just the act of sewing to me is just a skill that we we fundamentally need to know how to do when just a quick story, when my, my kids were, you know, baby babies, I thought it'd be a good idea. I was going to make their burpee claws all by myself. And I just thought it was going to be this great thing. And my friend kind of showed me a little bit and it was basically just a square. And I was so proud of my square that I had sewn the burpee cloth into the square and I was just so proud of it. But people, I think it's sort of intimidating at first because it is an in-depth thing. So to actually have that as a trade to me is, is very, should be very sought after because it's, um, it, you know, that would, it's a really good thing to know how to do. Yes. I, I think so too. Knitting, crocheting, all of the things mm-hmm. like, are you kidding? All of it. And I think that we, we don't have home ec anymore in, in school. So we got to figure out how to do it. A 100%. Yeah, no, that's great. That's so exciting. So it's BT dubs with Jackie. And then do you have the name of the hairline product that you're going to drop and when you might drop it? It's probably going to be BT dubs, like BT dubs hair. It's going to be on my website. So no worries. We'll promote it when it comes out. I'm just at this point thinking that it needs to come out no later than January, 2024. (laughs) That's great. That's great. for New um, year, new beginnings, new hair type thing. Heck yes. We got to we got to get that down for like, <laughs> you know, for, for your marketing, <laughs> for all the things, for our ladies that want to feel like empowered in the morning with, with, you know, maybe they fried their hair like I did in, in going platinum yeah. blonde. Talk about dating your age. I was the one who used sun in, right. And then you'd lay <laughs> out <laughs> with the, the baby oil and the sun in that was me. <laughs> we know now very much that's terrible absolutely terrible but that was me (laughs) I'm telling you I fried my hair when my husband met me I was uh platinum blonde wow can you imagine here I am like this dark Dark skin platinum blonde it was a little bit weird not gonna lie (laughs) 
but I fried my hair and so here we are but no I appreciate this time with you Sarah yeah it was so much fun just to wrap up is there anything you'd like to share funny wise or story that maybe will leave people with a smile anything that you'd like to share I think that it would go back to my uh, Gen Z daughter. So if you guys tune into um, BT Dubs podcast, you're going to find a dynamic that is basically mom and daughter, but we're more kind of best friends now. So we really call each other out on on different topics and we do act more like friends now that she's older. Wasn't always that way. Of course not. (laughs) So tune in for that. I think that it's a fa- a great family time, and if we can embrace anyone and come onto the to the show and relate with us as um you know parent Gen Z with a, a Gen X almost yep. or yes. Gen Y almost X. I call myself a Zennial. Are you a Zennial too? Uh, well, I don't know. Nineteen seventy nine. I think it's Gen X for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm You're Zennial. Gen X. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. And when does your podcast uh, launch? It launches December 1st, 2023. So, okay. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, stay tuned for that. And warm and fuzzies will, will be promised on that podcast with a, a Nikki and me um, series and a lot of professional, awesome expert advice for um, in the series, Jackie of all trades. So we would love to have you guys there and um, I appreciate the opportunity to come on this podcast yes thank you so much Jackie for coming on and maybe we can have you back on after it launches Uh, maybe talk about the ups and downs and maybe with your hair product as well oh my gosh that's gonna be crazy (laughs) (laughs) sounds good I appreciate Uh, that all right thank you Jackie so much we'll talk to you soon okay